Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt tearing your flesh off, your bones. Uh, I'm scary, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one from the internet meme? Oh, right. Yeah, (laughs) spooky Jeff the creepypasta. Yeah. And I'm Louisa Heron, that quote from Adam's Family, where Wednesday says, psychopaths look just like everybody else. Oh, they're creepy and they're spooky. Yeah, yeah. You get it? Because I'm saying it deadpan, I'm so edgy. Right. All together, I would describe them as kooky. Mm, Yeah. Ooky isn't a word, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the thing about theme songs of the time. They... Don't use real words. I'm also thinking of the uh, original Spider-Man song, mm-hmm. which uses a bunch of nonsense instead of words. Also does whatever a spider can is, like, a weird <laughs> flex. We, we yeah. would assume that from his name, wouldn't we? Wait, what are the nonsense words in the Spider-Man theme song, Louisa? Uh, I cannot remember. I just remember a feeling of, like, these lyrics don't scan if you think about them for even one minute. I do know that one of the brags in his theme song is that he can weave a web any size, and oh, that yeah. is just patently untrue. <laughs> yeah. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Is yeah, that that's the... pretty bad. That might that, be those are all words, at least. <laughs> Why would that make you strong? Because <laughs> uh, it was the 60s. Yeah. Um, do you think that Spider-Man could weave a web the size of a normal spider web, and it would that be the most disturbing thing he could do? Could Spider-Man weave yes. a web so powerful that even God couldn't escape it. <laughs> uh, I liked about... my question. I wanted to talk more about my question. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that too. Out. If he just did it real fast with his fingers, and you're like, yeah, how's he doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of Spider-Man being able to do, like, he has... Not the proportional strength of a spider, just the regular strength of a spider. <laughs> so he's much weaker than a normal man? <laughs> yeah, he can lift up, like, grains of sand. Yeah. <laughs> Criminals are like, ew, something brushed up against my leg. <laughs> I feel like we're getting extremely close to just making a Venture Brothers episode right now. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Brown Nobody else recluse. is doing it. Yeah, Brown Recluse was a character. I don't really remember anything about him, but. He was lived, lived I up remember, in the woods all by himself. Recluse. He was definitely a parody of specifically the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And he was introduced, I think maybe even right before that first movie came out, and now he has outlived that character, that Spider-Man, by so many years. It's kind of ridiculous. You say that in the present tense as if he's still living, but they're, surely that show's never coming back. No, right? they're making a movie. Yeah, but it was for HBO Max, so who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I don't want to look into it again (laughs) more recently. (laughs) I'm assuming there's a movie. Yeah, who knows. Um, In the same way that, like, every time somebody sends me, because I loved Community so much, and they're Mm -hmm. like, look at this uh, news about the Community movie, Donald Glover. I almost said Donald Glover. (laughs) You mixed him with Danny Glover. Yeah, that's the worst of both pronunciations. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Donald Glover says he might be in, like, I don't want to know... Until it's done and good, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want to think about it. I yeah. trust that uh, Peacock and Paramount Plus and like all the other subscription services are mm-hmm. watching HBO Max implode, being like, let's greenlight anything. We can get whoever to switch <laughs> over to our thing. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you trust Peacock Plus is pretty crazy to me. Like... Peacock is uh has has done nothing but bad as far as I can tell. Yeah, but they'll still they're still at the stage where they'll throw money at whatever. 
Yeah. That's pretty good. That's always good when it lasts. Yeah. Do you think that Netflix is going to actually ride this whole thing out and, like, come out the other end being the only successful one? If so, it will only ever... it yeah. will only be because HBO got intentionally tanked for tax breaks. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. Um, I just find it so interesting that, like, Netflix went, has gone through so many things, but they're still making pretty good things fairly consistently. Yeah, every time people are like, wow, everything on there is trash now, they don't have a single good thing, then it seems like it comes back around. But yeah. I believe they've never turned a true profit as long yeah, as they've no existed. One ever does yeah, they've anymore. never turned a profit. <laughs> like, sure. literally, yeah. there's a rule now in finance that once a business starts turning a profit, you need to sell it. Yeah. Like, that's not even a joke. I've heard people say that. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah. So they're better off not turning a profit and instead just making good things. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway. No, I, I, I like, I like corporations, uh, treating- Oh, Jeff said it. He finally said it. He no, admitted uh, it. Yeah, other that up. No, your no. <laughs> I like it when the, uh, when they treat the entertainment portion of their business as like, patronage to the arts mm -hmm. yeah like uh you know sony has a movie industry but they're not they don't care about making money from the movie studio they sell yeah, television they just want to see all of the ways in which they can make tom hardy look fucked up yeah exactly <laughs> that's the only thing that the sony pictures enterprises exists for anymore they don't care they'll make a sequel to morbius who who cares they yeah. don't have to make money with those nope and then like it's your same thing with Microsoft. Like Xbox doesn't make any money, so they're just like, yeah, sure, everything's on Game Pass. Who cares? <laughs> I feel like there's I when you go to business school, they must have one day, like in high school, where they tell you about your penis. A day when you they, they only did that for one day for you. Yeah, there was that one day, <laughs> that one very bad day. <laughs> Where they're like, hey, guess what, everybody? Look down. Yeah, everyone has a penis now. The end. <laughs> you went to a super science high school? Yep. Uh, no. But, um, what was I saying? I completely lost the thread now. Oh, yes. They must, in business school, there must be a day when they lead everyone into a dark room that's soundproofed, and then they just whisper to everyone, like, it's all fucking made up, guys. Like, the fact that there are branches of successful businesses that their job is to do badly so that they don't turn a profit so that the rest of the business can claim that as a loss so they don't have to pay taxes on the profitable parts of your business yeah. is stupid and yeah. fucking you're just making up rules that don't make any sense ah uh, yeah are we going to complain about capitalism some more yeah <laughs> yeah probably yeah it I is saw, very bad i saw a thing that was like oh well no matter how hard uh, healthcare works, people will keep getting sicker because our system is optimized towards keeping people like poor and precarious and stressed all the time. And everyone was, was commenting like, "Yeah, this is capitalism." And I'm, and I'm like, "You, you think that that makes you cool to be jaded and be like, yeah, man, this is capitalism.' But yeah. like, <laughs> be angrier. Yeah, <laughs> I'm angry. You should be angrier than this." That's why I stopped complaining about liberals anywhere online, because as soon as you do, leftists come in like, oh, what did you expect? Like, that's the thing they always say. Like, fucking, 
yeah, and <laughs> like, yeah, this is nothing new. Like, I expected better. better than they. I knew that I knew they wouldn't be better, but yeah. I expected better, and I'm angry that they're not meeting my expectations, which is the way we should all be. Yeah, <laughs> until they start meeting our expectations, obviously. Hmm. Oh man. No, I don't. I don't have any expectations anymore. I'm the Joker. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Listen, Jeff, you keep saying that, but until you bring me the head of the Batman, I'm not going to believe you. Oh, I don't want to kill the Batman. I couldn't live you without him. Kiss him? Is this mm. is it canon now? I think me and him are destined to do this forever. Do when you say do this, you mean have sex with our, one another? Our delightful little dance, our cat and mouse game, our this bat, is your bat and mouse for your game. Sex game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> Jeff, what did you do this week? God, uh, I was gonna talk about going to the motion picture cinema, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm I've already dug a hole so deep uh, with this last fifteen seconds of bit that I don't want to <laughs> talk about how I went to see Avatar and thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not no, good. no, I want to hear more about why it's oh. okay. I might get. I might have to leave. <laughs> uh, it is. I think that. Well, I went. To, okay, Avatar, the 2009 James Cameron film, is back in IMAX 3D uh, right now because the sequel finally exists and comes out in December. Yeah, we'll so see. I, we'll see I had that. never seen it before. I went to go see it because I figure uh, I'm not going to waste three hours at home watching this movie that was designed to be a big 3D 80-foot movie screen spectacle. That seems silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw it and was like, hmm, that was too long, but enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, it was very interesting to see that I had been thinking all of this time that all of blockbuster filmmaking had been looking at the Dark Knight and going, ah, this is what movies need to be like now. Hyper-dense filmmaking, and they need to be two and a half hours long. But then I saw Avatar, I was like, no, it was this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they need to Movies need to be longer and have more CGI, is what they thought, instead of, let's look at a successful director, uh, give him as much money as he wants to do an original story, and he'll make uh-huh. us a billion dollars. Yeah, I think both of those are bad attitudes to have about movie making, though, right? No, I want, I want the, uh, I want that patron of the arts attitude. I, I want them to but, just be like, yeah, sure, uh, Tim Burton or Ridley Scott have Tim unlimited the, money. Tim Burton is the worst example you could pull. Yeah, I think it was just because I had thing. just seen the news about who got cast as Uncle Fester in the Wednesday show. Oh, okay. I don't know who the yeah, answer to this. Oh, it was a secret, and everyone thought it was going to be Johnny Depp, and that's why it was a secret, but it's just Fred Armisen. Oh. He's not great, also. I mean, he's a dickhead, but I don't think he's done any sex crimes, has he? Uh, I'm not sure on that, yeah, I'm not willing to Google it. Anyway, yeah. no, what I wanted to say is, um... Oh, shit. <laughs> I lost it. Something about giving James Cameron a lot of money? Oh, yeah. Tim Burton. The, the reason the Avatar oh, yeah. was successful, I believe, from what I've heard, I also haven't seen it, but is that it has a bullshit plot that is basically nothing. So it's like lowest common denominator crap, and that's why it was super successful. I was going to say, I'm 
I'm offended that you liked this movie, Jeff, because <laughs> I know that m- maybe our biggest disagreement as friends over our entire friendship has been the fact that I feel that uh, story is the only important thing in art, and you feel like story is the least important part of art. <laughs> no, I think story is the least important part of video games. <laughs> then how can you have enjoyed Avatar, a movie that is like, not just bad story, but insulting to the idea that there even needs to be a story in a movie. (laughs) Like, it seems disdainful of story as a concept. Well, it was interesting, because I was trying to... I I try to approach movies on their own merit, Mm -hmm. and in general, if I'm going to see a movie made by someone who I know has made good movies, and who I know knows how to make movies... Uh-huh. I'm a lot more willing to be like, well, let me watch this with what was he trying to do in mind. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the idea I got, and I don't think it quite worked, but I think one of the things he was trying to do with this was um, all of the Space Marine Corporation stuff is so bland and generic Um to really emphasize when boring Sam Worthington goes into Avatar world, how exciting that is. Mm. Uh, And to get us on the same page as that character, who every time he wakes up, just wants to go right back to hanging out with the CGI cat people. See, I believed that Dorothy wanted to go to the Land of Oz, and it was far more exciting in that movie. But the parts at the beginning and the end where we did see Black and White Kansas, they were still kind of interesting, and the acting was good. Oh, yeah. James Cameron's not as good as whoever made The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, and and here's the thing, is that I feel like that speaks a lot to James Cameron's deficiencies as a director. And a lot of directors in the modern age, the problem is that you could do that more effectively and cheaper with story. Like, Mm. show us more about how Jake's life is difficult, and he's struggling with, uh, you know, the fact that he has this disability now that is causing it to to be, like, a slog to just live in in outer space. And, like, show him struggling with that more, and then the freedom of the Avatar space will feel refreshing even if you don't spend a billion dollars to make it look like a cutscene from the worst Final Fantasy movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. video game. There are things that have taken the themes of this movie and done them better. Uh, yes. And still as, like, big fun spectacle sci-fi movies, like Source Code and mm-hmm. um, Pacific Rim, uh, which I think both do deep dives into, like, different aspects of things that are kind of just aesthetic set dressing for Avatar. Um, but, you know, I thought but that's, Zoe Saldana that, did a good job and the cat people looked cool. That's, yes, fine. It's not like my favorite movie, but I, I no, enjoyed watching not, it. I'm not trying to force you to defend it. I, I just think when people do defend Avatar... It's always that sort of, like, wavery, dancing around the the subject kind of defense, where you're like, but the script is, like, laughably stupid, and then they're like, yeah, but the, the visuals are so good, and then you're like, yeah, but to make a good- to for a movie to be good, the story has to be good, and then they're like, 
well, but it's not trying to be good. It's trying to be bad. Like, no, you can't, you can't get around the fact that a movie isn't good if all of the words that all of the humans say in it are stupid and don't make sense. You can't have a good movie that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it just, it, it's almost like an approach to making a sci-fi action blockbuster, uh, that you would take as like, if you were trying to make an art film version of that, where everything was more like a mood piece, tone poem type of thing. And we're giving James Cameron way too much credit. I think he yeah. just doesn't know how to make a story that's good. I don't know. Yeah. I think he does. I think Terminator and Terminator 2 have excellent stories full of, like, genuinely, mo- especially too, like genuinely moving, but, meaningful themes that get to the core of what it means to be a person. But that's because they have good scripts, and I feel like yeah. the main thing is James Cameron is, like, b- mediocre to bad at making movies, but if you give him a very good script, it will turn out fine. Mm. Um, whereas, like, whoever wrote the script of Avatar was clearly, like, angry that they even had to write a script. <laughs> Well, it was written and directed by. Oh, James so he Cameron. wrote it as well. Well, See, that explains you literally say it's everything. Good that James Cameron got the money to do whatever he wanted, but this is what happens when you give him the money to do whatever he wants. Right, yeah. but I would rather I would rather a dozen like different weird original property, uh, big budget action blockbusters than like even one more Spider Man movie. And I yeah. like Spider-Man movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't know if it's setting any kind of precedent. Because I don't think they're... Studios still aren't taking a chance to be like, ooh, we could have our own avatar in this property. No one's really right. doing that. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing, is I would like to see more... Stu- I would like to see, I don't know, Warner Brothers or Disney... Well, I guess... Disney now owns Fox, who funded Avatar, but I'd like to see some studio be like, okay, David O. Russell, here's enough money to own a small country, go do whatever you want, uh-huh. and I see what we get. Right. I think that the best movies are made out of a person who cares about the story they're telling, working against uh, the struggles of not having enough budget and time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, like, I loved Pacific Rim. If Pacific Rim had the, like, funding and technology behind it that Avatar did, it would be the best movie ever made. (laughs) I think it would be much worse. Really? I think that they would have spent less time focusing on story because they'd have been like, we could put more giant robots fighting squid monsters in this movie now. I think they would have just made the stuff that was in there look a little better, which had already looked pretty good because Guillermo del Toro cares about the composition of images a lot more than James Cameron does, which is (laughs) not a hard bar to clear. I haven't seen the sequel to Pacific Rim, but I heard it's not good. Yeah, sucks ass. (laughs) Atlantic Rim? (laughs) That was the uh, that was the mockbuster, genuinely. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, the sequel is a different director. That's why it's bad. Okay. It's just like some other guy, like the co-writer of the first movie, got to direct the sequel. And uh... hmm, okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I thought that um, you become Avatar pilled. Yeah, you become yeah. Avatar pilled. Full back Avatar tattoo now about what your mm-hmm. Navi would look like or whatever <laughs> dumb shit. 
it's really fun to like get to see all right this is the life's work of a guy who started making movies because he saw star wars and thought it rocked yeah. yeah. Again, it's like it's like what you were saying about people who make modern movies taking the wrong lessons from the blockbusters of ten years ago. Like it feels like James Cameron loved Star Wars but didn't understand why it was good and made a movie that only does all the least interesting things that Star Wars did. Yeah. Um well what's what is interesting about it is it felt like almost like one upsmanship to the prequels, which are mm-hmm. Bad movies that aren't yes. fun to watch. No. Correct. Um, but they have, gosh, they have interesting plots that they don't really express very well. Um, yeah, I don't know that I could tell you what any of the plots are. Yeah, the problem <laughs> because they're really clumsily made. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, Avatar did a much better job of like doing all of the groundbreaking digital. Uh, filmmaking stuff that the prequels like kind of laid the groundwork for uh, and were freed from the need to address a uh, plot that was more complicated than uh, military guy bad. It's Mm. just the idea that you would need to be freed from a plot when making a movie to tell a story is is makes me furious. I am furious now. Yeah, you have to be uh, good at telling stories. Uh, I will say, the one thing that I think a lot of people tank, like crap on this movie about is the the rock being called Unobtainium. Yeah. I get, I got the sense watching it that that guy was just calling it that as like hot to be like, it's super rare, like we don't, we can't get this stuff. Like, in Aliens, when the corporation guy says xenomorph, which just means alien. Yeah. Like, the joke of that in Aliens, another James Cameron movie, is that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about and is just trying to sound smart. (laughs) Yes, but in both movies, they fail to understand that if you don't give us uh, the actual name of a thing before you give us the, the bad slang name that people use then we have to go with the thing that they say. Like, we can't, we, the audience, can't be like, hmm, I bet there's a different name for that that they're not telling us and we'll never mention. Like, then it's not, because the movie is the text. (laughs) There's nothing outside of it for us to go on. Yeah. Uh, I refer to the alien as the alien from Alien. Mm -hmm. The queen, I've heard some people say, which I like, okay. There is an alien Mm -hmm. queen. That's separate from the, the primary alien creatures though yeah i guess that's true although ripley does assume that they are all female believe it or not mm-hmm. matt what'd you do this week <laughs> um okay. that's bold i like you changing the subject in the middle of a sentence <laughs> two different things real quick mm-hmm. um number one and i we don't have to go into it because jeff has already talked about it but i started you watching saw avatar <laughs> I saw Avatar. And oh I no! Loved it. Oh my god! I'm the last one. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, on Jeff's recommendation, I started watching the series Evil. Yes. That Jeff okay. was talking about. Um, it's such an interesting show because it's like two thirds great and one third terrible. <laughs> And it's such a weird mix because they do these very interesting things where they will have episodes that are exploring the idea of, like, 
you know, this person believes that they're possessed, they asked for an exorcism, but these medical professionals are like, no, we know what's wrong with this person and they need to get medical treatment. But if the person who it is believes they need an exorcism, like, who are you to come in and tell them, no, you can't feel the way you feel? Like, you can't feel like you need the things that you need, especially when it's to do with mental health, because, like, there is an argument that they do need the thing that they believe they need, whether or not that's actually the fix. So they explore some very interesting angles of faith in a way that I find to be, like, non-biased, um, where it's like... Interesting. It's, it's not coming in with the with the immediate understanding of, like, faith is stupid or faith is right. Uh, it's sort of approaching it from both sides, which I think makes for a good show. And then there will be a plot line where it's like, and also the main character's daughter has a tail now, like a, a CGI demon tail. What? <laughs> Fuck off! Yeah, what do you want the show's about? <laughs> uh... The show is exactly just, like, X-Files or Criminal Minds or okay. one of those procedural shows, except it's about... A team of people who work for the Catholic Church, okay, okay. Uh, looking into possessions or exorcisms or miracles to determine whether there's a scientific basis or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so and, you like it though overall? That's that's a good premise. That's a very good premise for a show in modern TV, which is very much about like magic and fantasy and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea for a show, um, and they do a good job with a lot of it. But then. I feel like the main characters are like the the main guy, the guy who played Luke Cage, uh who who plays David on this show, the priest, uh is great and does a great job and his storylines are always pretty interesting and weird, but then the 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 woman that is the the other lead, all of her storylines outside of their work is are stupid. <laughs> it's all it's always about like She's decided to start cheating on her husband, maybe because she's possessed by a demon, and then it turns out maybe she was possessed by a demon. No one knows. The end. (laughs) Yeah, that's part of what I like about the show is, uh, I don't think it would be a spoiler to say they do not resolve the question of whether anyone is possessed by a demon throughout the thus far three seasons of the show, which I think is a bold thing to even attempt to pull off. Um, well, I think I would agree with you if there weren't clear signs of the supernatural like a demon tale, like Matt says. Well, here's the thing. The show does a lot of work to always make it that you're like, is this an unreliable narrator telling yeah. me this thing? Or yeah. like, they were on drugs at the time or whatever. So you do see a lot of stuff that's like, oh, well, this is definitely proof of demons. And then immediately afterwards undercuts that so that you can't be sure Mm. so for instance uh minor spoilers for the second season of evil but uh the main character the the main woman's daughter is was conceived from a fertility clinic that was maybe owned by satan (laughs) okay yeah i like that (laughs) and you see this now teenage daughter going through like uh, body identity issues, like, she is, 
uh, un- insecure about her appearance in school and stuff, you know, normal teenage girl stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episode, you find out she, like, looks in the mirror and you see that she has this stupid CGI tail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this a projection of her, like, feel? is this a metaphor for her feeling like out of place in her body okay. or is there a literal demon tail on this person's butt and like <laughs> it like jeff said in a way that is sometimes great and sometimes so frustrating episodes will just be like they'll just show you a haunted doll le- leaking goop onto some kid so that they go crazy and try to cut their own arm off and then later on they're like oh it turns out that maybe there was this chemical in the building and it was causing them to have hallucinations and then they're like actually we found that that chemical had been cleaned up before this thing happened so who knows end of episode hmm, yeah. okay. what love it <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> uh. So anyway, I think it's fun. It's a good show to have on in the background while you're doing other stuff. And it has that Halloween-y vibe that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Speaking of halloween vibes, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly is that last night I watched uh, a horror movie called The Conjuring. Ooh! Which I would like to talk for a moment about the fact that that name has nothing to do with that movie at all. No one conjures anything at any point in the movie. (laughs) It's fucking wild that you would call this movie that is about ghosts possessing people to kill their own kids, The Conjuring. That's not anything such a generic name <laughs> in in addition to be to it being so generic that you can never remember what the movie's called it also literally like they didn't even have one of the characters at one point be like oh this witch is conjuring these kids from the grave like they didn't even say the word conjuring at any point in the movie. Yeah, Nobody not even had to deliver gesture. the title line in conjuring? Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sick and tired of all these conjurings. <laughs> yep. All that being said, I actually thought the movie was much, much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, okay. It was a genuinely pretty good movie. I was afraid it was going to be partially because it has Patrick Wilson in it, who is only in terrible movies. <laughs> he's always there to be like kind of anemic and then to get pushed aside or killed, he, basically, right? He, he's in Aquaman, and that movie's pretty good. Is he <laughs> there to be in the background like, I don't know, Aquaman? He's the bad no guy. Idea. He's the main yeah, villain. Yeah, he's, oh, he's okay. like really hamming it up as, <laughs> as the ocean master. Yeah. Uh, that movie rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what a great title. That seems like one step above Harbor Master, right? Yeah, and he was he's absolutely like okay, I'm committed sign- to doing I'm it. signing on to play a guy called the Ocean Master. Alright, here we go. Yeah. I'm giving <laughs> you, you Ocean Master. <laughs> yep. Um but he's fine in it and it's like it's hard I the problem I had with this series before going in was A, I was worried it was gonna be one of those like over-the-top horror movies where there's a jump scare every scene and Mm. everything is CGI. Surprisingly, they had quite a bit of restraint in this movie. There was only maybe two jump scares in the whole movie, and both of them weren't, like, just gratuitous, like a cat jumping out of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, They were actually relevant to the plot that it would be startling to see a ghost all of a sudden when you turn around or whatever. Uh, and they did a lot of practical effects, way more than I thought they would. Well, that's good. I like that. 
Yeah, they had some good stuff, and then more and more I'm starting to realize that the thing that makes a horror movie good in my eyes is restraint. Mm-hmm. The ability to say, like, we don't need to show... We don't need to show this ghost for more than one second the whole movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Every time that they have a thing jump out of a closet with a fucked up face, it instantly takes me out of the thing. Because I'm like, aha, uh-huh, cool. You you bought some assets from Resident Evil or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there was a very cool moment where they're hanging up sheets outside in a, and like the wind kicks up. And the wind catches this sheet, and as it blows across the field for, like, a tenth of a second, it catches on, like, a body shape, just in mm. the in thin air, and then it, like, blows off of that person. If that it the the sheet is caught on the body for, like, two seconds longer than it should be, so that your brain is like, oh, this is weird CGI, this looks like a Febreze commercial, but... If it hadn't done that, if they just made it happen for such a brief time that you didn't even know if it had really happened or not, it would have been the fucking scariest thing in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand yeah. how people are so bad at making horror movies. I feel like people online get so angry about ambiguity anymore that mm. uh, people feel like they need to really make it clear when there's ghosts. It feels like the difference between people making good stuff and people making bad stuff nowadays is that people making bad stuff have realized that like sorry when i say bad i mean morally bad not quality wise bad Mm -hmm. people making morally bad stuff have realized that if the thing you're making makes people online angry that's actually good for you because that means that more people are talking about your thing Mm -hmm. whereas people making stuff that is morally neutral or good are always like, oh no, we can't do this, because what if some people online start talking about us, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I also think that uh, we can't do this, because what if people online start talking about us has made people make uh, bad quality-wise things for bad yeah, reasons. True. We have to release the Snyder Cut. We have to let the nerds decide how Star Wars goes. Exactly. E- and that's good. No, no I think that's good. <laughs> I think that that's. I think that it like being sensitive to people's uh, to people's like needs as humans as an artist making a movie is good. I think that sometimes, well, I think more often than not, because of the corporate nature of filmmaking, that sensitivity actually ends up being more like we can let ourselves be. We're going to let ourselves be manipulated by Reddit nerds. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem is that if it's a, the artist being thoughtful about how the thing they're making is going to impact human beings, that is a good thing. But if it's like our marketing team has determined that if you don't show the ghost for at least eight seconds, that people are going to be upset on Reddit, that is not that's not a good direction for anyone to be thinking. And I don't think, yeah, mm. like. Part of the problem with movie making today, in my opinion, here's my Dennis Miller rant. Oh yeah, here we go. Compare it's it to that, some obscure uh, highfalutin literary thing. It's just that they try to break down the movie into every individual element and then test each of those elements to see if it makes anyone upset. But you you need the context of the... Sometimes a thing works because it's a part of a whole story, 
and in the individual sense, it's maybe not your favorite, but it works. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I don't know, I feel like that's just getting varnished out nowadays. Yeah. Pretend right here in, like, a Dennis Miller voice, I was like, it's it's like Gregor Mandel woke up one day and t- was told he was a wizard. Uh-huh. Boobala. Something, something like that. Did he say Boobala, or did people doing impressions of him do <laughs> I feel like he might have said that ironically. Mm, yeah. Chachi? Does he call people Chachi? That seems more right. <laughs> Which is weird, because he and Chachi seem to be on the same side nowadays. <laughs> Well, that makes you think. Yeah, yeah does it? it? Does. <laughs> I I actually find it to be the terminus of thought in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The important uh, thing is uh, the Fonz turned out to be a great guy that we still yes, like. That's true. Which obviously, based on just the Fonz, you wouldn't have thought was going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you had to look at the cast of Happy Days and be like, which of these guys will you still like in forty years? Mm-hmm. I feel like the Fonz would not have been high on the list. And Ron Howard would have been way higher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I still feel okay about Ron Howard, I guess. Yeah, he's fine. I don't have yeah. strong feelings about Ron <laughs> Howard one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. I'd be anyway. suspicious of anyone who did. Yeah, he's... Uh, now, his brother... His weird strong, brother, Clint yeah. Howard. Terrence Howard? Clint Howard. No, Clint Howard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know Clint Howard. Who's that? His mathematician brother, oh, Terrence Howard. Yeah. Uh, well, you know Clint Howard. Yeah, you do, do you know actually Clint not Howard. know who Clint Howard is? I don't think I do, no. If you looked up a picture of him, you'd be like, oh, and then you'd be like, oh, yes, this is obviously Ron Howard's brother. Oh, yeah, I've but seen like, this guy before. Twisted yeah. and fucked up in every possible way, right? Oh, that's mean. That's I know face. it's mean! I know it's mean, and I'm sorry, but we all know... <laughs> Ron Howard is a, you need to work on apologizing. <laughs> he's 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 Kyle gasified himself. He looks yes. like how Kyle Gas looks now. But the thing is, they were both child actors, and we all know Ron Howard was like this apple-cheeked, uh, red-headed little kid to be like, oh, the perfect little kid to be in, you know, Andy Griffith show, whatever. But Clint Howard, he got he's all like the, the little kid scenes. on that Star, yeah, on that Star Trek episode. You're still like, oh shit, <laughs> you look at him, right? <laughs> I know uh, it's mean, but come yes. on! Oh wow, he's in Leprechaun too, but he does not the Leprechaun. Oh mm. wow, huh. he was the Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, in a bunch. Of, he's in a bunch of stuff. I'm yeah. not sure that I know what I've seen him in. He was in he was all three Austin Powers movies. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, anyway, I mostly i I think the best thing that Ron Howard did was produce his daughter, who directs pretty good episodes of Star Wars now. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, you personally dislike her, I forgot. Correct, yes. Um I anyway, The Conjuring was pretty good, and if you need a uh more restrained than most horror movies these days, horror movie to watch this Halloween, I recommend it. I'm contemplating watching the spin-off series Annabelle. Um Is that about most... doll? Yes. Okay. So the thing that's so fucking crazy about The Conjuring is it's about real life ghost hunters, uh, Ed and oh yeah, they Lorraine turn out to be Warren. terrible frauds in real life, right? Yes, yeah, but that's not touched upon in these movies. They're yes. both yeah. dead now, so you can yes. ethically view the films without either of them getting money. Okay. But yes, um, but sorry, just quick sidebar. In <sighs> no, yes. it's very important. In the second okay. and third one, they like 
really toy with the idea that they might kill Anne or Lorraine during the course of the movie, which is insane, uh-huh. because they're real people and we know they didn't die in the 70s. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Um, the movie starts with establishing them as these, like, world-renowned ghost hunters by showing them, showing a film that they made of going to this apartment where these uh, people have this haunted doll and, like, coaching them through getting rid of this haunted doll. Mm -hmm. And then they move on, and later on you see the haunted doll in their, like, collection of fucked up objects or whatever. Um, And the fact that this... Okay, so many things. First of all, they it's like they wrote this movie knowing that Annabelle the Haunted Doll would be the breakout star. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. they keep on, like, glancing over at it. Later on... I need to point out, the haunting in this movie has nothing to do with Annabelle the doll, but mm-hmm. she still keeps turning up anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, like, she's the, like, the, like, uh, in-media res thing that they're solving at the beginning, like, when Batman yeah. is, like, just finishing up a, a yeah. crime bust. And, and, like, later on, the actual ghost from this movie comes to haunt the Warrens' house, and she keeps on, like, combing Annabelle's hair and stuff, and you're like, are these ghosts teaming up? Are these ghosts like, hey, you're a fucked up ghost too, let's work together to mess with this family or whatever. Like, is this supposed to be scary because Annabelle is haunted, or because the ghost is playing with a doll? What's happening? It's a haunted doll! Yeah. Anyway, I, think I they... love that, because it it feels like a prequel to a movie about this doll, which it became later! <laughs> I And... Sorry, I just need to finish. No, real go quick. for it. And the movie starts with, like I said, these these people dealing with this doll. They go in, and it's these two nurses living in an apartment together, and they're like, you know, twenty something girls, and they're they have this doll that they bought, and they thought it was cute, and <laughs> then it started like uh, talking to them, and then they had a seance, and they found out that there was a ghost in the doll or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the camera pans over to this doll, and it's like. <laughs> it's got like cracked milky eyes and like blood stains all over it and it's all like ashen and like fucked up why would these people buy this doll <laughs> regardless of the fact that there's a ghost in it it looks like it, it's fucked up they should be goths that would be a good twist yes goths who think they who think they can handle this because they're cool enough but then they can't because it's yeah. evil the idea that the story starts with, like, yeah, we were at a flea market and we saw this doll and we thought it was cute, so we bought it and brought it home, and then it pans over to this fucking obvious demon. <laughs> no Wait, one bought that doll! No one would! <laughs> Where's the story about that flea market person who's just like, yeah. oh, I gotta get rid of this doll? <laughs> and it worked! Yeah. That's the end of their story. The Warrens Warrens solved this doll problem by locking it in a cage forever, but this guy got paid by you to take the doll away from him. He's the real ghost genius. I think that that they knew Annabelle was going to be the breakout star because it's based on a real doll. Mm -hmm. But the real doll... The real doll? doll? The the, sex dolls? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> the actual Annabelle is just a Raggedy Ann, which well, is so much scarier. Yeah. I know! The thing that every Haunted Doll movie misses the point of is that Haunted Dolls are scary because they look innocent and aren't scary, and then they do scary things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeing you make your doll fucked up from the beginning, <laughs> then I'm not- then I know it's evil already! <laughs> There's no surprise here! Yeah, yeah, if if you, like, see a glass case with a Raggedy Ann doll in it, and it says, like, in big letters on the outside, warning, do not touch, you're like, what yeah. the hell is that? What's going yes. on? Yeah. Everything that's scary is scary because it's juxtaposed against something innocent. And as soon as you're like, yeah, but what if we made that innocent thing scary, too? You've lost the entire fucking point. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> So I might watch Annabelle out of rage. <laughs> yeah, you Maybe will. It's better than I thought it would be. I don't know. I didn't see any of the Annabelles, but I did watch The Conjuring 2 and 3 and enjoyed those. Oh yeah, maybe I'll watch those as well. Conjuring 3 was the one... Here's the thing about Conjuring 1, is that it is about a real-life thing that these people investigated. But in both... Minor spoilers for The Conjuring. In both the movie and in real life, no one died? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... The fe- the problem I have with Conjuring 3 is that it's about a real-life murderer who actually did a lot of murders, and several of the children of his victims are still alive, uh, and to make your movie like, yeah, but what if the devil really did make him do it? Like, that's no. I think it was, no! I think it was just the one murder. It was just like a crime of passion murder where he killed a guy that was flirting with his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Which, you know, not great. But it, it's not. It's, it's not even okay, actually. It's not good. It, it feels, like, distinct from them doing a, like, ooh, what if Ed Gein was possessed by a ghost? I what? mean, we've talked several times about, like, all of the movies that are like, ooh, what if the innocent women who were murdered during the Salem Witch Trials actually yeah. did have Satan powers, and it's like, that is so... You think that this is a fun joke? But yeah. people really did die! Yeah, you're undercutting the uh, terrible things about human nature that we have to deal with by being yeah. like, and the devil was involved! And like, you're like, ha, this is a fun premise, It reinforcing the still-held beliefs by many law enforcement officers that they can do whatever they want without having any kind of repercussions, and then it's the victim's fault. That's not good. Yeah. You're You're fucking up. And I feel like this does similarly, where it's like, let's establish a world in which this very bad murderer maybe actually was the the victim all along. I don't like that. So don't watch The Conjuring. No, watch The Conjuring. Oh, okay. That one has no murders in it. Well, okay. there's the ghosts all were murdered probably, but Oh I no. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't guys. worry. They're not real in real life. They're just real <laughs> yeah. in the world of the film. Oh, exactly. Okay. Uh, the Um, murder victim in the devil made me do it thing was a landlord, so I don't know. I don't even, I'm not even (laughs) saying that, like, the the person who was murdered shouldn't have been murdered. I have no feelings about that. Yeah, you said he deserved it, I heard you. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, who knows, but I am saying that people who do murder shouldn't be let off the hook, uh, posthumously. Mandora hookhand. Yep, ooh, pretty good. (laughs) But ooh, phone. (laughs) Really getting into the Halloween spirit here. Yes. Did you say, but he was phone? But who was phone? Oh, okay, yes. Uh, Louisa, what did you do this week? 
Uh, something adjacent, but you know I don't like horror. I watched the most recent season of the British TV show Ghosts, which oh, is a yes. comedy. Uh, I haven't <laughs> yeah. finished it yet, so don't spoil the end of it yet, please. Okay, I won't. Um, it's only six episodes, I believe, right? It was a Correct, little bit yes. disappointing to tear through it in a week, because they're each only they, half an hour long. Yeah, they're all of their seasons, I think, have been between yeah. six and eight episodes, which is a shame, but I think that's just how the BBC does it. Yeah, I mean, it's better to have it than not have it, and it's good still, so that's yeah. a good thing. But yeah. Um, I love looking up, if you haven't already, Louisa, I highly recommend looking up uh, on YouTube blooper reels from Ghosts. <laughs> okay. Because several of them are the funniest thing which is these actors who it is their job to pretend to be ghosts all the time forgetting that they can't touch things <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like grabbing a thing and then be like fuck why did i do that <laughs> oh that's so very good funny <laughs> i think the, the the premise is that there's a couple who have inherited a weird old dilapidated mansion they're gonna live there they're gonna start a new life but the uh, wife of the couple has a near-death experience. She can now see ghosts, and there are many ghosts that live on this estate already. Well, don't yeah. live on this estate, but are trapped there. Yeah. So she befriends them. It is a comedy, so everything's quite entertaining. But I yeah. think I always think um, the husband, Mike, must have one of the hardest jobs, because he yes. always has to act like he's alone in a room, because he yeah. can't see any of the ghosts. <laughs> um, there's a blooper on from season one where um one of the characters is like a a member of parliament from the 80s and he's a very 80s kind of guy maybe 90s 90s it is 90s yeah yeah 90s okay um and he does that like british rich person accent in a way that is so funny and there's a scene where he's leaning over mike's shoulder as mike is looking on a computer at something to do with the land and he's like uh he's like they used to have public land near my house, but it had been a trail for over a thousand years. It was time to be turned into something useful, like my pool. <laughs> and the way he says my pool in that accent, every time Mike can't hold it together and starts laughing, even though he's not supposed to be able to hear him, and it's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. it's a Yes, it's a very good show. There is, um, let's see... What do I want to say? No, I don't want to say it at all. I was going to say something that hinted at something that mm. then people watching would look out for, and they shouldn't, so I won't. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I've I really liked how much they've been exploring the, like, past lives of the ghosts in recent seasons. Yeah, that is very good. Because the great thing is, um, apparently this is a comedy group, and they did this on stage, I think, for a while before. So they've all developed very elaborate backstories and uh, personalities and everything for the ghosts that they are. But, like, in the first series of the show, they barely touch on it. So it's very compelling to know that someone's developed the whole personality for this ghost and what years they lived and everything about them, but you don't even get to know anything about it at first. Yeah, yeah, and... and I like that this show has given them a chance to, like, think about the mechanics of the ghost world Mm -hmm. with, like, Bridget Christie's character, who was touched on in a previous season, has a whole episode about her now. Yeah. This is, a like, a Puritan ghost who used to haunt the house, but has then moved on somehow. Yeah. Uh, And they explore a little bit about why that happened and how, because there's a caveman there. He's been there forever, (laughs) and he hasn't moved on, so what's happening? 
and uh and they still don't know so like even as ghosts there's still yeah. things about the afterlife they don't understand which i think is very interesting i like in the first very first series they made a joke about how like oh maybe if you finish your business on earth you'll get to move on and then that kind of doesn't happen for a character as a joke and yeah. then since then they've kind of just ignored it so it seems to the ghosts that at certain times someone just will be beamed up to heaven for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And they like I love the idea that ghosts are trapped on earth until they finish their unfinished business, but they also don't know what their unfinished yes! business is. <laughs> That's very good. None of yeah. them do. Even ones who have addressed big issues they seem to be worried about, it doesn't seem to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, very um, good. The thing that is so good about that show is that British, like, BBC comedies do this in a way that, in so well compared to United States comedies, of making the stars the straight men. Yeah. Um, the old woman and the army colonel ghosts are the best characters on the show <laughs> because they are not amused by anyone else's antics whatsoever, and it is hilarious. Yeah. They have very strict rules, but why? If you think about it for even a second, there's no reason for them to have them, but they do. Yeah. Well, and again, in some of those flashback episodes, you see what life was like before the colonel arrived mm -hmm. and before Fanny arrived. And like, everyone is so bored because there aren't, there isn't any structure to their lives. They need to have something to do with their days, which I think is, again, an interesting idea for ghosts. Yeah. So anyway, that's a very fun show. I know you hate the American version. I haven't seen it. I probably won't. Yeah, do not. It is not worth it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what they thought they were doing, but it's not good. Yeah, I guess there's there's a difference between, you know, in this, in this comedy troupe, one of the equal members of the troupe decides I'm going to be a British politician for the 90s. I think I could do that in a funny way. I can make these references. I can have this type of personality. He sort of copies some Bill Clinton things in his mannerisms. Yeah. Like, that's so fully developed because that's something he was excited about making. And I think if you just, I don't know how it is for the American one, but I assume it's just they hired actors and were like, you, you could be a flapper. Like, th then there's no, there's no attachment to it. It's not interesting. Yeah, and that character in the American one is like an 80s business guy, which I get it. I get the connection there. Mm -hmm. um, but he's also much younger. He's like the same age as the couple. Yeah. And, and they kind of merge that character with the poet who is in love with the woman, mm -hmm. who like the living woman. And like, <clears throat> once you make it a thing where it's like, this guy is a sleazy guy from the 80s and he's her sexually harassing this woman in a way that she can't stop him for eternity <laughs> it becomes way more uncomfortable why uh, would you do that uh, that sucks yeah the, so yeah. part of the thing that makes the poet in the british version being in love with allison work is that he is always like pining after her and kind of bothering her but she has the power in that situation, mm -hmm. and, like, he is- he always feels bad <laughs> about it. Like, yeah. he has so many feelings about it. To put that into the mouth of a character who his whole thing is, like, I don't- like, fuck your feelings, mm -hmm. instantly turns it into a curse. <laughs> an eternal curse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I probably won't watch that one, <laughs> but uh, the original is quite good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice, uh, light 
sort of Halloween themes where you get to think about the mechanics of ghosts and how creepy things can be and how interesting it is to have like environmental storytelling around ghosts, but it's all lighthearted. Get to have, imagine what the world would be like if existence followed rules. Yes. Did you, did you find any of it scary? Like the whole series? I think at the beginning, I think this might even be the first episode, so this isn't a huge spoiler, but uh, the character who uh, had the near-death experience, she can now see ghosts, she goes down into their basement and there's a bunch, a bunch of plague ghosts Yes, <laughs> who all have horrible boils on their faces and stuff and they're just standing around in the dark. That's very scary. It becomes <laughs> funny later, but when you first see it as intended, very scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that those are that's good also because it plays on ghost movie tropes, I think, mm-hmm. where she like turns on the light and then you see them. Mm-hmm. That's very scary. Um I found for the most part like the show is not scary at all. It's extremely funny and charming, but there's nothing that's supposed to be scary. Yeah. There they in the first season there is a scene where they show a fla- this is like the third episode. They show a flashback to, there's a 70s Scoutmaster is one of the ghosts. Yeah. And they flashback to him dying. Mm-hmm. And it's viscerally upsetting. <laughs> it is, that one is, yeah, that is pretty it's scary. I do think about that. shockingly <laughs> upsetting compared to the tone of the show, because the joke is that a kid shot him through the neck with an arrow accidentally. Uh, and so, like, this ghost you see always has this arrow through his neck. But the way that he reacts to being shot through the neck with an arrow is heartbreaking. It yeah, like, it makes you cry. How sad it is! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. I do agree with you, but I want the audience to know it's meant to be funny. <laughs> yes, Matt is and taking it, is it very funny. hard. <laughs> it's funny, but like. Yeah. <laughs> You have to watch it to get what I'm saying, but it's so upsetting. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the British stiff upper lip idea where he's like, um, this is a bit of a problem, but no worries. No one yep. get alarmed. And then he does die. There's actually. a part where he's like walking away and he's like, oh, children, don't look at this. I don't want you to see this. I don't want you to think of this as the way people die. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it is funny. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the newest season, <laughs> the uh, couple has opened their uh, estate's gatehouse as a bed and breakfast, so they have some fun adventures with that. Yep. Ooh, yeah, they've food and breakfast. <laughs> mm. mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, what do we do on this here show? Well, we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page, and we put in a random word to see a list of articles people have requested related to that word, uh, so that we can give people advice on how to do these things. And today's word is hit. Hooray! There's too much sports in here, first off. Yeah. Well. It's almost all sports. Yep. Uh, Ryu had a hit like Derek Jeter. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Keep it going. No, that's it. (laughs) How do we hit a golf ball high? (laughs) Is that what Derek Jeter did? (laughs) Uh, No, it's just one of the other things on the list that it had the right number of syllables. I don't know if this is true, but I like that Matt said the whoa-oh part, and then I think maybe stopped because he couldn't think of another baseball player. (laughs) Is that what Uh, happened, Matt? 
Th- that's definitely part of it. I was hoping that I could say "uh oh" as a way to like bully Jeff into oh, doing yeah. another line of the song, and it did yeah. work. But then I was like, "What if I, Matt, the hero, come up with a better <laughs> line and just say it?" But then I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, the thing I always noticed about Derek Jeter is he has a perfectly round head like a cantaloupe. Yes, and so do, else guys, so do all it, people. Is it no. bad? Is it bad how many? of my internal thoughts start with what if I, Matt, the hero? <laughs> no, that's good. That's the thing that motivates you through life. Yeah, that's the is normal this, way that people are. Is this good <laughs> self-esteem or is it sociopathy? What's the difference? I think, yeah, they're a little <laughs> bit indistinguishable. Column A, column B. Yep. Uh, how to hit golf ball as a draw. I obviously don't know what this means. But <laughs> Does yeah. anyone? Do you like the idea of playing golf to tie? <laughs> Yeah, you're so good that you want your friend to have as good a time as you are having, so you make sure it's a draw. Or, like, oh, getting a hole-in-one on every hole is easy for me now. Yeah. The challenge is to play in a way where my ball always lands right next to your ball. (laughs) (laughs) See, you have to do a called shot. Like, I'm gonna get exactly par on every hole. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so fucking good at golf that every, t- like, you go first, you hit your ball, and then I'm gonna hit my ball, and then we're gonna go, and my ball's gonna be somehow on top of your ball. <laughs> You're not gonna, like, we're always gonna draw because I'm always gonna hit my ball to exactly the same spot you did. It's gonna land on top of yours, and they'll both yeah. stay still stacked. Yes. <laughs> God. At first I thought you were being super nice. You're like, we'll always be walking to the same spot. We'll have a lovely conversation because we're good friends. That too, maybe. (laughs) No, it's a way to make enemies to me. (laughs) Uh, There are a lot of golf ones. I don't know. How to hit a golf ball from the rough? Don't you need a special uh, club to do that? Maybe. Like a sandwich? You have, to, you have to belong to a special <laughs> club to play golf in the first oh place. Oh my god! This is true. <laughs> Here's one that's maybe the most bizarre question we've ever gotten on this show, and maybe you guys can explain it to me. Hmm. How to hit a cue ball in pool? You hit the... Isn't, isn't that the one you don't... Like, you know no, how... No. The cue ball is the only one that only you one hit. you hit. Yeah. You can hit it. Yeah. I think they mean, how do I play pool well, but they didn't know how to say it. Yeah, what's the good way to hit it? Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're having a hard time hitting the cue ball, pool is not for you. I mean, sure, but people come here because they want to get better at something they're terrible at. Mm -hmm. Such as pool, perhaps. Yes, but if you can't even hit the cue ball, you're doing it wrong. Maybe you don't have a cue in your hand? Is that possible? Oh, you need Mm. that blue chalk. You need much more Mm -hmm. chalk. Mm -hmm. Chalk it up. Yep. How to hit a boxing heavy bag. I, With your fists. Do you mean a, safely? Because <laughs> this is like a Bazooka Joe uh, bubblegum joke. Yeah, it's it's easy to hit it. It's, it's yeah. pretty big. It's right there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, a lot of these, I think, I think you're right, mean to have the word well in them. <laughs> well, this one also, I think, how to hit a boxing heavy bag. I think people who don't know how to do such things assume that there's a way to do it that won't hurt your fists a huge amount. But the thing is, the human hand is mostly bone, so there is no way to hit something hard with your fist and not have it hurt a lot. That's why people wear boxing gloves. Yeah, as I understand it, the point of hitting a boxing heavy bag is to get used to how bad it sucks to hit things with your fists. Yeah, get tough. 
Yeah, yeah. And you right? can wrap your bloody knuckles with a bandage, and then you're a badass. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like, you're gonna have to cut me, Mick. <laughs> you're gonna be like, gonna fly now. Yeah. You know? Yep. I do know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That song sucks so bad. Even in the movie, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's so funny because as a kid, I remember thinking like, oh, this is one of the cool, like, sports montage songs. I bet it pumps you up so hard. Mm -hmm. And now when I listen to it, I'm like, this is boring. (laughs) Yeah. It barely has words, even. Trying to do a reverent choir. Uh, I don't know what they were going for, but I do not feel like they did it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the only things that doesn't work in the movie Rocky, though, so I can forgive them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I mean, Rocky's eyes don't work after he's been hit many times in the face, as I understand. Yeah, that's that's why you have to But he has his... a solution for that. Yeah, Jeff knows. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to cut him. <laughs> how to hit a fastball down the middle. If yeah. you knew how to do that, <laughs> you'd be good at baseball already. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's what we all want to know. <laughs> Start with slow ball and move, work your way up to fastball. <laughs> the thing is, the pitcher, the pitcher doesn't want you to hit it, and that's why they're throwing a fastball in the first place, you see. Yes. The pitcher, <laughs> more like the belly itcher. <laughs> and I hit that fastball right down the middle and bust a hole through his chest. Yeah, mm-hmm. it leaves a, you can see through his whole body. Yeah, this yeah, is a new Halloween like, zombie baseball movie. Yeah, and then it's like, oh man, and then you realize that he's a zombie and he was the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's why he can throw the fastball so fast. He's one of those fast zombies, like they yeah. have. Sometimes. Talk about talk about a knuckleball, you say, because his fingers are still attached to the ball. <laughs> oh, okay, you explained why that made sense after, so it was yeah. there was a little bit of like it was more of a visual joke. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, it worked. Talk about a knuckleball. So you see, uh, the reason we're talking about knuckleball, yeah. <laughs> Time out. Yeah. I bet you're wondering how we got to where we are now. Let me explain. <sighs> oh, joke adaptations. We should do more of them. <clears throat> yeah. Joke sure. adaptations? Annotations. Annotations. I was like, okay, we're going to have the chicken crossing <laughs> right. the road cinematic universe. Here we yeah, go. I would watch a yeah. movie of the joke about the guy who's the clown going to see his doctor because he's sad. <laughs> Pagliacci. <laughs> No, Joker. Oh, okay. I can't wait to see... <laughs> yes, you did it. Can't wait, it. Can't wait to see uh, Boy from Nantucket, the origin story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess he was a boy. <laughs> he must have I been a boy thought... at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, because he, he was definitely a man from Nantucket by the time the poem starts. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah we got we to know how he got there. Yeah. How did he first did he, discover this quality he, of his? How did he become a man? <laughs> well, I know one way, two yeah, ways exactly. actually. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, two God. happiest days of your life is the first. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then the joke continues from there. Yep. <laughs> That's all we need for the elevator pitch to sell yeah. this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, you say <laughs> the elevator pitch is. Now, you've heard about the man from Nantucket. What about the boy? And then they say, please leave, sir. Mm-hmm. How did <laughs> you get you in say, here? I'm sorry, I meant to say, what floor would you like? And then you push the button. For <laughs> You're wearing a little pillbox hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's the 1940s, yes. 
No, they still have elevator people and real, real fancy buildings. <laughs> oh, there's a movie, The Elevator People. Ooh, oh, a chill ran up my spine. Tell me more <laughs> about these elevator people. Mm-hmm. They live in the elevators. Ah, oh, terrifying. Do they elevate things? No. Is it an example? <laughs> sorry, sorry is, they don't. <laughs> is it an example of the genre of elevated horror? Ooh. Uh, what is that? Yeah, and also, yes. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Is elevated horror like the lighthouse where nothing scary actually happens, but it just seems like it's. But they're in a tall building. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's that kind of. um, It's the pretentious name for those, you're like, hereditaries and midsummers that are really just horror movies shot by someone who cares a little bit more about, like, the way the image looks than your average guy, but not fundamentally Mm. different. Mm. I feel like any horror movie is an elevated horror movie if describing the plot sounds like someone describing a dream that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and then the the woman goes up here, but then her daughter wasn't her daughter after all. And then it turns out the house wasn't real. It's like, Ugh, this is elevated mm-hmm. horror, I guess. There's this beach you see and it makes you old. <laughs> <laughs> there is no movie less elevated than the movie Old, and that's yeah. why it's good. I bet Shyamalan horror movies, after a certain point, just became the title of the movie explains the entire plot. Yeah. Uh, Except that one movie that he, I think, wrote the story for but didn't direct. It was called Mm, Devil. Stuart Little. Ah, Get him! Get him! Stuart Little, Little, and She's All That. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Devil? But it should have been called Elevator, because it's about a haunted elevator. (laughs) Yep. Oh, boy. Anyway, what were we doing? How to hit an inside-out backhand in tennis. That sounds painful and dangerous. Don't do it. Yeah, it's... Does this involve Kevin Klein? You want to do a backhand like Kevin Klein would do. That's in and out, not inside out. Inside out is the one with Amy Poehler and, uh... Oh, you gotta do it like a whiny kid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you got from that movie? Yes. (laughs) So your takeaway was like, there's a kid who's in it and they're whining. You're right, you're right, Pixar movie. Emotions are stupid. <laughs> well, the thing is, she's very conflicted about, you know, leaving behind childish things, except they're represented by a fucking elephant dressed as a hobo with the voice of uh, Richard, kind. Richard Kind. So you're like, just leave that. Childhood yeah. shit behind because it fucking sucks. No, that guy Richard is the Kine, worst, and Richard I hate Kine him. Is beloved. It was all. so good when he died in that movie. It was worth it. <laughs> I do like the very subtle implication in that movie that once you become an adult, you can only feel one emotion for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's true. Sadness. <laughs> yeah, there. There are five little guys within you, and they're all yeah. vying for power. Yeah. yeah, I love the idea that like. If that movie had been made a little bit darker, it could have been a movie about how happiness uh, is losing her power to sadness as this little girl grows older. (laughs) But no. Misery. Miserable movie. I like it. Okay. It was fine. There was a time when every Pixar movie- You were so brokenhearted. Yes. Jeff, but also- No. I feel like every Pixar movie you could count on being, like, not just good, but so good that it moved you emotionally. Yeah. And now that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Yeah. Nobody uh, keeps up their standards forever is the problem. That's true. (laughs) I mean, admittedly, I haven't seen, what is the one with the, Onward? Inward? Onward. 
yeah. onward. That was okay. It was fine. That, yeah. to me, that one so clearly should have been a TV show because it did a lot of world building. It <clears throat> made mm. a very interesting world and then yeah, kind of had... How are you going to get Spider-Man and Star-Lord <laughs> to be on a TV show, you know? Uh, recast them. Who cares? Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. That older brother should have been Jack Black. It's very clearly uh, written uh, for, like, a Jack Black uh, type of guy. Uh, you mean Bowser? Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hashtag not my Bowser. <laughs> That's right. Actually, I think that's maybe the best casting in the movie. Yeah, by far. No, God, Louise, you're wrong. Like Jack, Jack Black, Black is good. I don't like him at all. He's no good. He's fine. <sighs> He's good at a thing that he does, and the thing that he does is is like not my favorite, but it's not the worst thing. He's the best there is at what he does. What he does ain't pretty, but <laughs> yes, I already said the end part first. Okay. So <laughs> just skip it. Yeah. yeah. I do like that there's that that uh that Wolverine and Deadpool movie is gonna come out. That yeah. probably will be good. That'll oh, yeah. be enjoyable, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. It'll be a, a nice light diversion while we all await death. Mm-hmm. That's all movies are. Uh, yeah, I love them. <laughs> yeah. When is that movie Death coming out? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost a joke. <laughs> hmm, okay. That could be an M Night Shyamalan movie just called Death, I'd believe it. Yeah, probably. There's got to be a movie called Death. There's going to be a bunch of people who are like, I don't know what's happening, but sometimes people go to sleep and they don't wake up. <laughs> the invention of death. <laughs> yeah. Starring Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who did the invention of lying. Yeah, that was the movie that he was in. Correct. I bet that you could just make the invention of death the sequel. Yeah, he Maybe dies in the first five minutes. Oh. Uh, that's what e- any movie with Ricky Gervais in it should have him dying. <laughs> uh, let's be done the episode. Uh, we usually try to end on a high note. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the trouble us- is, I, I'm looking for one that's not about sports, and the mm-hmm. only one I can see is how to hitchhike safely. And okay, speaking of go. horror movies, this is not yeah, a good yeah, idea to do. Don't. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> okay, Matt, you have some tips? Yeah. Go Number one. You need to beat up the biggest guy in there on your first day. In the car? What if the it's the guy in the car? Yes. What if it's the driver? <laughs> Look around the car. If you don't see the biggest guy in the car, you are the biggest guy in the car. Beat yourself up. <laughs> Fight yep. club. Oh, there's this bell going off though. Oh uh, yes. yeah, I forgot to put my phone on don't Boo! ding at me and it dinged at me that I have to do stuff at noon. Uh, that's like such a Red and Stimpy joke, the idea that you'd have your phone and one of the settings is don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I kept, I, like, was missing meetings last mm-hmm. year, and so I set my phone up to, like, ding at me before everything I have to do so I don't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't put it on Do Not Disturb, so... Uh, anyway, hitchhiking safely, obviously people say don't do that, but look at that hitchhiking robot. We still talk about him on this show all the time. <laughs> we talk about one key thing that happened to him, <laughs> yeah. though. But listen, is it better to live your life uh, quietly and uneventfully, or go out in a blaze of glory? Yep, just like Bon Jovi, <laughs> bon Jovi would have wanted. Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode. Thank you, Jeff. Yep, shot through the heart, and you're to blame. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you hitchhike, don't get shot through the heart, but do can't go home. (laughs) That's bleak. (laughs) 
Um, hey, who says you can't? Oh, here's uh, one. Do have a nice day. Do do host. <laughs> don't forget that the roads are slippery when wet. Yeah, that's right. Was that them? Was that yeah, that was. Yeah, we already mentioned that like yeah, two weeks ago. And I, I knew it was I them. Then remember if I was right or wrong. <laughs> I assume that it is, but I don't ever remember. They did like a whole complicated photo shoot, and then they were like, "Ah, screw it," and just like wrote the name on a wet garbage bag. <laughs> I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. <laughs> yeah. I wanted your uh you wouldn't have to hitchhike if you were wanted by your loved ones. <laughs> uh you would have to even more, I think, if you're wanted dead or alive. <laughs> That's true. Uh don't take any bad medicine. Mm, good. Yep. Yes. Uh run away. Yeah. Always. Wait. Run away, comma, always. <laughs> is run away a Bon Jovi song? Run away it is. It's not emphasized yeah. the way I did it. I thought run away was um cheap trick. Nope. I mean maybe another song. They probably had one too. Away. No, that, that one? one is Bon Jovi. Really? It's from their first album, the one before Slippery One went. Yeah. Wild. I could have sworn that was cheap trick. Okay. Well, I guess you learn something every day. And some days you don't. You live, you learn. That's it, just those two. Yep, you and Alanis Morissette got that right. <laughs> um, okay, I have to tell a brief anecdote. Yes, please. Alright, is, is it about uh, ex-husband of uh, Alanis no, Morissette, Ryan Dave Reynolds? Boulier. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. It's not yeah. about Ryan Reynolds, it's not about Dave Boulier. <laughs> so, I take a couple of spin classes at my gym, mm-hmm. and one of the classes is taught by this big, very athletic guy uh who his class is called soul cycle and he plays like uh 70s uh like disco songs mm-hmm. like the good stuff from the 70s and 80s i guess uh to cycle to along with like modern hip hop things uh and he seems very cool and the other day we were having a class and he was like you know today's my birthday he was talking about how he's putting on all his favorite songs cuz it is his birthday and he's like all right here's my favorite song I'm going to play this for you as our last uh, ride or whatever. And the song was One Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette. (laughs) It was the, it was like the biggest twist in this spin class I've ever, I never expected there to be an M. Night Shyamalan twist in this spin class, but there was. It was incredible. It made me so happy. That's great. It's a good song. Yeah, you should put it at the end of the episode, probably. Yeah. In what episode? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what is a song? What is a song but a collection of words? Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord by messaging us on Mastodon. I'm Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. If you didn't like the episode, uh, you can lick the toilet bowl in my house <laughs> oh, and then no! go jump in the goddamn river. Yeah, you, you dumb bastard. I hate you. Uh-oh. That's it. That's all my plugs. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like the episode, the episode doesn't like you either. Yeah. Um, I like you, and you can talk to me online at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, don't forget that if it's not Matt, it's not worth it. I don't know if other people are going to be into it. I'm the best around.
Did you like my new aggressive stance there? <laughs> it was <laughs> weird that you didn't even list your website, though. I know, I thought that would make it funnier. And I was <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs>